come back. Trade Talk with L.A. Aco. New episode. We're hitting you with back-to-backs today. You got one that dropped and another one right behind it. This episode is because I have been seeing things on inflation, even though I've talked about this already. And I'm sorry. I know I said it in the other episode that this is one of the reasons why I stopped talking. However, I'm bringing up this inflationary part because it's almost like a continuation of the Bitcoin conversation from the last episode. And I find it interesting because now it's showing even more clearly from economists what I have said since, what, late 2020? or Yeah, about late 2020, third, fourth quarter of 2020, that our recession will be a systematic one that comes from policy. You want to know how that's going to happen? Look at your inflationary issues. Goodness, sometimes I feel like I'm beating a dead horse because I've talked about this, but I can tell people aren't aware of it because I get so many messages and people saying, hey, what happened to you? How come you're not talking about this? I was like, I've talked about it multiple times. It's all in thesis. So you know how I like to be in thesis and this follows up from the last episode and so an overall arc in my thought process. So the title of this one is Inflationary Pressure Spells Doom for the Dow and the S&P 500. This is my very, very strong opinion. Uh, My thesis is that the Fed will have to raise rates to control inflation. Uh, The overall market integrity and structure of the market uh, will fail because markets are overinflated and prices are too high. They will have to fail in order to get those prices to come back to normal levels. So let's get right into it, shall we? Check it out. The Fed wants inflation at 2%. Inflation is currently at 4%. It's not necessarily a bad thing if we have 2% inflation. Um, It's not too aggressive. But the issue is when inflation starts to navigate the economy, which it's doing now, it becomes a problem. Now, most people would say that, you know, especially those who are within the real estate markets and they're selling homes and they're always showing us like, hey, I sold another one. Or someone's saying, I bought a house. They're all happy. You're going to rue that day. Um, but how soon we forget per the last episode referencing 2008 and even more so 1998, 1999's dot-com bubble. Bad inflation So the good inflation is, you know, you get that 2%. Bad inflation, where we're having this 4%, is coming from three key factors. Supply, supply issues, excuse me, demand issues, and the excess printing of money that is devaluing currency. Hey, Bitcoin people, we know, we know, we know. Yes, I'm buying it to hedge against inflation. No, you're not. You're buying it to get rich because things are inflating and your prices are going down. Make it make sense. Anyhow. On our supply side, we have chip shortages, right? So a lot of people were making sure to buy uh, chip manufacturers. Biden administration comes in on this $1.9 trillion and says, hey, we're going to make sure we become leaders of semiconductors again and get this chip shortage issue handled. 
Second part is um, demand issues. You can see that there's demand issues all around um, our economy because when it comes to things like our supply chain, when it's been broken, demand that is needed for consumer goods, this especially happens in restaurants and things of that nature, you can't receive the demand that you can't get the demand you need fulfilled. Example, restaurants are opening back up, but the supply chain has been broken. You need to get certain things. So the price for which what you want will become more expensive. This would be your fruit, your vegetables, your food, etc. I'm sure people have seen it on it just generally costing more. Another place where you could see a demand issue was where we had a commodity problem. No gasoline. Um, what the what was it last week or a week and a half ago? All of a sudden, prices spike. Very simple to understand, but that's where it's happening within this economy. And last but not least, excess money printing, which is where I say this is part of the Fed policy. And as I said before, um, you see that crypto spiking in uh, value, whether it be an altcoin or a BTC, it won't matter because there is just a pent up want to grab those coins and make things happen, uh, not make things happen, excuse me, ride the wave of things happening, getting rich quick, presumably. So these three things are happening and the Fed is saying, you know what, don't even worry about that. This is all transitive. We can make this work. It's transitive. Relax. You know, transitory inflation is, is an interesting thing. They're saying that it's due to COVID. And just like you were seeing with a lot of predictions from economists and saying that, hey, we are going to have an even bigger economy and things are going to grow in global economies. Well, of course they're going to grow. They're at rock bottom. Hence, transitory. It's just a means of making you feel safe. Let me tell you something. You cannot predict how the overprinting of money demand issues and supply chain issues are going to affect in the future. Even I can't predict it. I can give a great hypothesis, but I can't predict it just like my Bitcoin um, thesis or what some people would say a prediction. It's really just an educated guess structured around uh, things that I understand about market structures and economic structures globally. In this particular case, the first thing I reference and why I don't believe the Fed will be right and that it's just transitive and we can just relax is a multiple prong thing. And the biggest one would be Ben Bernanke back in the mortgage crisis saying that mortgages and their defaults were only a subprime issue. Ah, couldn't even see the trash that was hiding in plain sight labeled as quality. Same thing here. How many people do you know that got mortgages recently and you're like, man, this person couldn't get a bologna sandwich in their name? Screw that. How many people have a PPP loan who you know for sure are on government assistance? Aha, yes. Thank you. We've already identified that. And even what's more interesting is that when you are in this transitory period and you're looking to flood this economy with money, I'm not against the flooding of the economy with money. Hey, I like it. I own assets. Reference uh, the June 15th, 2020 episode, uh, Willingness to Accept Higher Prices, 
and quantitative easing is stimulus or universal basic income for the rich. Oh, I love this, what's happening. It is an increase in pricing uh, and assets with low interest rates, which allows me to borrow against my asset. So back to what I'm saying, all that cash, Putting this uh, quantitative easing to work is mostly going to hurt poor people and the working middle class because most of them are unskilled. When you put these programs together, it really pushes those people to now have to take these government programs. If you've seen, obviously, universal basic income is here. Again, I feel like I'm beating a dead horse, but let's recap the whole thing because this is why I, I will be shorting um, the S&P 500 and the Dow uh, in the next coming two years. Just buying long-dated puts, but anyhow. The poor and um, middle working class are going to be affected the most because they are getting these government programs like stimulus, like unemployment, and when you keep getting these assets increasing and you get more money in the hands of the working and poor, you're doing something that's extremely interesting just overall. And that thing that's extremely interesting is a lot of them are making more money unemployed than they made employed. Again, a concept that's been spoken about, if those, those who are unaware of it might scratch their head, but I don't think you can. I think you know that some people who were driving Uber were making well over $1,200 a week when they would have to bust their butt, I'm sure, easily 40 hours to even get maybe $800 for that week. So, proof positive right there. Speaking more on the transitive situation, um, you know, Somewhere in that transitive uh, inflation, the Fed then has to pull off the balancing act of, I have 8 million plus unemployed. They don't necessarily want to go back to work because they're making more. While making more, people always talk about, oh, the stock market's doing really well because the stock market will, will still do well without a Fed taper. But everyone speaks about, oh, the transfer of wealth, especially within the stock market and real estate and all this stuff. You're diluted. Again, these things increase assets that wealthy people own. Your problem is going to fall in line with most poor and middle class are going to do one of two things. Spend or save. Not invest. It is a misconception that all of a sudden all of them are investing. No, they're gambling. They will gamble with a get-rich-quick scheme like crypto, which is being propped by market structure and economic conditions. It's a lie, just like the housing prices are a lie. But people will buy it because it's easy. People will spend the consumer dollars that they're receiving from PPP, as well as unemployment, because it's easy. And while those things happen, the government will now have to juggle 
if we raise rates and these people who are unemployed, who are lower, um, lower middle class, middle class and poor, then run into a situation of any more unemployment, how do we balance it? This is why the overall agenda of this administration is to keep unemployment low. They want maximum employment. Unemployment needs to be low. Hopefully this concept is not too confusing because let me tell you, it is going to be a hard act to continue to juggle. You gotta raise rates. You can't keep prices high for a very long time. When you keep them high for a long time, the market begins to say that is the price. But we know it is not the price because it is not a market that's making the price. It is the government making the price. And the government then has to taper or curtail that 120 million in assets. Sorry, yeah, 120 million in assets it's buying monthly. They have to curtail it. So when they curtail it and that unemployment number isn't strong enough, what happens? Rates rise, bond prices go down because they work inversely to each other. Your unemployment will likely rise, but I'm sure they're going to find a way to taper, uh, to get that unemployment number to where they want it. But let's say they don't, and this is what the real fear is for most economists, is like, well, how are you going to do it? Let's say you don't. Well, as long as you can't get that unemployment number right, you got to keep giving more and more money, therefore letting the economy run more and more hot. So you'd say like, well, that's confusing. Why would I, like, that's stupid. So that means what you're saying, what you're saying, um, it don't make no sense. No, it makes sense. Let me show you why. The reason what I'm saying makes sense is because you want those things to continue to run hot. So you keep running these programs over and over and over and over again. While those programs are running hot over and over and over again, it makes it far much more easy to see that it's a house of cards. This is from an investment standpoint. So I'll gladly take the pain, just like I took the pain on Bitcoin, and short. I can short it with conviction. Correct, the market can stay directional longer than I can be solvent. This is why you use swaps instead of using um, just a put. But even more so than that, when the correction happens, it happens faster than the buildup. Crypto needed Elon Musk and other things to pop to 60,000, and it took just a few words to make it pop within one day, sorry, make it deflate in one day, almost pushing under 30,000. Again, my target's 18, just putting it out there for those who need to know. It's very obvious what is happening and how the manipulation tactics are working. So I stay strong and steadfast within what my stance is. This is a complex problem for the Fed and I think it gets juggled until the end of this administration, as I've been saying before. I don't personally think we get a Fed raise until 
exit of this administration, I would say potentially mid to late 2023 to early 2024. 100% of people say March of 2021. Uh, 20, sorry, 100% of, uh, of the market says uh, March of 2022. Um, no, not March of 2022, excuse me. March of 2023, I think it's mid to late 2023. That's my opinion. So, you know, I'm trying not to make this episode too long or too confusing because it can be, you know, mundane. But I do want people to understand that the money's going to be in the S&P shorts and the Dow shorts and being able to catch them around this time uh, for very cheap and holding them. Catching them whether by swap or catching them whether by put position. Everyone loves to write those leaps when the market's going up. Let me see how many of you guys take those leaps when the market is going down. <laughs> Either way, I'm very comfortable um, in taking more short positions. This whole thing is very much a balancing act for the Fed. And that issue they're going to have with unskilled labor and having to continue to pay uh, the middle and lower middle class and the poor. I wonder how long they can keep it going. As we can see, they can keep it going for as long as they want. And why? Because when it was 08 and they did programs, they didn't see inflation. Everyone was afraid of inflation. If you go back to a lot of people's interviews back there, just say 2008 inflation, 2009 inflation, you'll see people saying, oh, you know, the price of commodities are going to be out of this world and et cetera, et cetera. Because, I mean, what were the prices of gasoline and those things pre uh, that recession? However, that didn't, that didn't materialize because it just didn't. I mean, there, there was programs, they spent money, and it didn't happen. So it lets the Fed know that, hey, we have a lot more room. I mean, goodness gracious, after the $1.9 trillion package, Nancy Pelosi was already saying we need to get uh, standard payments to people on a regular basis. And what do we have coming? You have standard payments to people on a regular basis if you qualify with minor children and things of that nature. Um, what, New York and California have uh, something of around $600 in payments going out to people with children. This is here to stay until they can stabilize unemployment, which has a ways to go, and they can turn around and get tapering so they don't have to continuously keep buying assets. Oh my gosh, I can't even finish this episode without even getting to the point of buying the assets. Who's buying them? Who's spending that much to buy rates that are increasing of U.S. Treasuries? Only the Fed. No one else wants them. And that's a scary sight. Because the long bond is not yielding anything that's worthwhile and you can get it to increase by raising the rates, but then you would need to get foreign nations to buy it. And foreign nations said very clearly, we will not bail you out by buying your bond auctions. And that's what was happening on that 10-year treasury as it kept inflating and inflating and the auctions were weak and someone had to step in and buy it and it would be the Fed to buy it. Man. There's too much to even go into in this episode. I'm going to become dreary and long. But in a nutshell, because that's what mostly people care about, 
we're going to short and put swaps out there on the S&P 500 and look for a two and a half to three year strike on it. Prices, I always, I never say specifically on my podcast, but that's where the money is. In my opinion, Bitcoin will be 18,000. In my opinion, this is all inflationary and it's artificial. If you're dumb enough to buy into it, you will rue the day, especially those in the housing market, because your house will certainly fall in price when the structure and integrity of everything that's going on has to go back to normal. And it does, because it's all government money. The money that most of you are even swapping hands for the real estate, swapping hands for the Bitcoin or whatever you're buying, ain't your money from working. It's mostly your money from PPP loans, unemployment, and stimulus. You take the stimmy, you buy the um, dog co- Dogecoin or uh, Ishubinu, I, I can't remember the name, I'm sorry. You buy that coin, and you flip it to make money. That's all. And that's if you're successful at it. Or someone hasn't come in and manipulated that market before you know what to do. Because that's what happened to a lot of you in the last two weeks. I thank you guys for tuning in. Another episode of Trade Talk in the books. I try to keep them not too long. Most people don't want to listen to me talk for 20 minutes. But I always appreciate you coming back. L.A. Echo signing out. Take care.